How to Deal When You've Become an Accidental Success. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name is Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com, where I work with online business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs to help them live their best lives so they can run their best businesses. And today we're talking about one of those problems that people are probably surprised to think it's a problem. What happens when you're successful and you didn't plan on it? What happens when suddenly all good things have come your way and you didn't feel like you tried that hard to get it? The doubts creep in, the mindset gremlins get you, and you feel surprisingly stuck at good fortune. How do you get out of that web? We're going to dive into today's listener question, and I'm going to help you out with that. Here goes. Heather. Ever since I started this entrepreneurial journey of mine, I'm an anxious mess. I've always been a confident person. I identify as a leader and have been successful in many different professional positions I've had over the years. For years now, I've always had some kind of side hustle or side business selling things. You know, the mom things, the Tupperware, the candles, the jewelry, the kitchenware, those types of things. This past year, my sales with one company have skyrocketed. The income I make from selling these things exceeds the income of my full-time job. I'm not joking. Clients who were buying from me were asking how I did it and if I thought they could do it too. I was being asked for tips and strategies and everything. My husband thought I could get paid for getting the advice I was dishing out and encouraged me to host a workshop and charge for it. My first one was a huge success. I charged $50 a person and got 37 people just by putting a post out to my Facebook friends. Now we have three more already scheduled and they're nearly full. Heather, I can't sleep at night. I'm worried that the people coming won't have the same success as me. I'm worried that what worked for me won't won't work for them. I'm doubting that I have any business doing what I'm doing and at any moment I expect to be called out. I love the money I'm making. I've been able to accomplish so much with it. We're nearly debt free now and I'm not afraid of paying for my daughter's college in three years. I heard what you said in an episode about pride and I am so proud of myself, really. I can't believe what's happening and I can't believe what's possible, but I'm a bundle of nerves. I'm avoiding my social circles because I don't want to talk about my instant success and I have thought about canceling the workshops more than a few times. My husband says I'm being stupid, but I just don't know. I don't even know what my question is here. I just know that I'm anxious and this doesn't feel like happiness and I could use some help. All right. First of all, take a deep breath. <laughs> this is happening really fast, which is why you feel like you can't breathe, which is why you're starting to feel suffocated, stuck, and frozen, and like that deer in the headlights. But it really is going to be okay. I've got your back. Sit tight. Take that deep breath, and I'll find you on the other side. First things first, I want to congratulate you on the success you've made this far. You didn't set out for this, you didn't plan for it, but still you earned it as a reflection of your hard work, your initiative, your effort, and your drive. And my guess is the success happened for you so fast, you didn't take a second to enjoy it before you moved on to the next thing. Because that's how it happens sometimes. When ideas work, when we put ourselves out there and it feels like things just catch on fire right away and things feel like all ignited and hot and sizzling, you just want to go with it because you don't know how long the fire is going to last and you just don't want it to run out. So you just push through, push through, go, 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 go. And then suddenly you find yourself out of oxygen. 
I think that's what happened here. You didn't start thinking about yourself as somebody who's going to teach other MLM business owners how to run their businesses. You didn't plan on being the person who would be mentoring other people trying to make sales. You didn't put yourself in a position where you would be looked upon for answers or advice. And my guess is suddenly you're feeling the weight of responsibility with that. The idea that what happens if someone else's income is now attached to your advice you give? What happens if someone else's, you know, future or family or their own debt is tied to whether or not your ideas work? I get it. And that's really stressful. But here's the thing. You didn't plan for this part. So I'm not surprised you didn't like your breath is catching right now, but it's going to be okay. I want you to think about something that you are offering tips and strategies and tools learned from your own experience. And it is absolutely right that the things that worked for you might not work for other people. That isn't a reason not to do it, but it is a valid thing to look at and to work through and to plan through. And you totally can plan through this. This is figure outable. But first you do need to recognize where your control ends and your clients begins because you cannot do the work for them. You and I are in similar boats. I can give you advice right now. I can tell you where to go, how to get there. And at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you whether or not you listen to me whether or not you give yourself permission to take it in, whether or not you allow yourself more than just feeling good for the time it takes to listen to this podcast episode, or whether or not you're going to use that good feeling and go and make the changes you need to make with your business and your life in order to feel more aligned with it all. That's, that's what happens when we start giving out advice and coaching people and directing people is we're accepting that we can bring people to water. We cannot make them drink. So whether or not people are successful with your tips and strategies is largely going to be dependent on them. And that is not in your control. So that's the part of doing business as a mentor, as an advisor, as a consultant that you need to accept. It's the cost of doing business and you have to choose to eat that cost, to accept it, to know that it's there, but to find value in what you're doing anyway, that it's worth the risk, but recognizing that their rise or fall is not going to be a reflection of you entirely. It's a combination of you and them. And if you show up for them and they show up for themselves, you're largely good to go. And if they don't, you have to be able to live with that and prepare yourself for it. I love that you just said yes, that your husband had an idea to run a workshop, to charge for it, to make money, and you just went after it. But I also get why three seconds after yes, you wanted to say hell no. And I want you to think about something here. It's so much easier to hit the pause button than it is to hit the start button. And you already pressed start. You already pressed play. You already pressed go. And you're on your way. But if it's too much, too fast, too soon, it's okay to press pause. I would give yourself permission to press pause. 
I don't think you need to cancel the workshops that are already scheduled. I don't think you need to like go to those drastic measures simply because you've gotten anxious and scared. Your reaction to this is entirely normal. It is normal. It's biologically wired in our bodies to have an aversion to risk. That's what we call that fight or flight response. We want to run away or we want to duke it out. And your flight response is kicking in. You didn't ask for this. You didn't plan on it. It's happening. You don't know what to do with it. So now you want to just take up your toys, pick them up and take them and go home. And I understand that. I understand that temptation. I understand the desire to go back to something that felt safe. But what happens when you stop and look at the evidence? When you look around at that first workshop you built, have you followed up with the people who attended? Have you asked them if they've gotten the materials from the companies themselves? Have they started their own social media profiles? Have they started using the tips and tricks that you've taught about and explained to them? Are they putting your words into action? And those who have, are they working? Those who haven't, why are they not working? Or why haven't they tried? Because I think if you look at the evidence, you're going to have the answer to your fear. That word would have gotten out already if your workshop wasn't worth its weight in gold. P.S. $50 a person, I think you're undercharging yourself. You're teaching people how to make money. You're teaching people how to build a business. They are going to have a return on their investment within their first couple of sales. One of the things you're like one of the things you have to think about in terms of your own worth is that ROI you're offering other people because that's a gigantic transformation you're offering and you want to make sure you're charging your worth. And I think $50 teaching people how to start and run their own businesses selling these things sounds really low to me. Um, just my two cents and a little bit of an aside. I understand that you don't feel ready for this, but you are reacting purely emotionally with none of the evidence in front of you. So I want you to go back to that first group that you talked to. I want you to get their feedback, hear what they had to say, and allow yourself to absorb the positives. Because my guess is you're not even listening. You're just scaling for the negatives. You're just scaling for the, the slightest hint that someone's calling you out, thinks you're a fraud, doubts your ability, etc., etc. You are not taking in your skills, your talent, your worth, or your value. And I want you to give yourself permission to take that in. And next, I want you to think about the workshop itself. This happened as an idea and you had the cojones to just go for it and say yes. And I will always embrace the people who say yes because I constantly talk to people who are afraid to move and we can never pick up a mess that isn't ever made. But now that you've started and you've gone for it and you've said yes, I want you to think about the workshop. Does it work for you? This was an idea you and your husband spontaneously came up with. You threw it on Facebook and people showed up. But what happens now if you're a little more planful about it? What do you think of it? Did you like it? Was it a, a manner and a format that worked for you? Did you feel like yourself doing it? Was it 
showing up in a way that felt honest? Or did you maybe feel like you were playing dress up and playing pretend and you did it the way you thought it should be done because it was something you've never done before? Because I got to tell you, if you go back and you listen to my first couple of podcast episodes, I totally tried to sound like a podcast host. I tried to sound all like buttoned down and tight in my word choice and clear and specific and say what I mean and mean what I say with as few words as possible. And since then, I've learned to lighten up on myself a little bit, to just get into natural conversation with you. How did you do that in your workshop? Did you show up as you, or did you show up as who you thought they wanted you to be? Did you run that workshop in a way that makes sense to you? When you look back on what you did and what you accomplished, do you feel like you were the driver in the car for it? Maybe your husband was the driver. It was his idea. And did he maybe say, do it like this, run it like this, try this, we can do this. Did you feel as in control of your business and your plan and your vision as you used to when it was just you? Because sometimes I know this has happened to me where other people's enthusiasm for an idea suddenly takes over the show a little bit. And I... I find myself wanting to go along with what other people think, even though it doesn't really match up to what I think. And a lot of times when people get anxious, when they feel out of sorts and out of place, it's simply because they're not moving through the world in a way that's consistent with them and who they are. So before canceling this opportunity, before chopping, you know, like cutting this thing off at the pass, before if you see if it has legs and if it has potential and if you like it, the first thing I would do is say, like, do you like how you ran the first one? Would you want it smaller? Do you want it larger? What happens if you change some things up? If you made getting comfortable doing it non-negotiable, what would you need to change or shift about the process to become more comfortable in your own skin with it. This is entirely new. And of course, you're not sure how it's going to run. It reminds me a little bit if we stick with the driving analogy of renting a car, right? Like I am a okay driver. <laughs> Driving in me, I'm probably not the best person to use this analogy. And I know a handful of people who probably laugh at the irony that I do. I've had my fair share of fender benders, and I always have my fender benders, by the way, when I'm paying the most attention, trying not to bend someone else's fender. That's always me. But when I rent a car, it's as if I've never driven before. Um, because it doesn't feel like I can just hop into any car and start to drive. Everything feels different where the seat is, where the view off the, you know, out the window is different. All my signals are different. It just feels strange. And suddenly I feel incapable. And usually after we've rented a car for three days, I'm returning it on day four. And suddenly I want that car as my own, but I have to go through that weird, unfamiliar feeling of suddenly feeling like, wow, I've driven for years? How come it suddenly feels like I don't know how to drive? It is going to feel awkward when you step outside your comfort zone. That is not a reason to not, that's not a reason not to do it, but you do have to see what would make you feel comfortable.
What would set you up for success? And if you know that you need to slow the pace down, if you know that you're, you know, making promises or talking about things that don't feel comfortable for you, stop that part, but you don't have to stop the whole thing. The other thing I want to talk to you about is something we've already covered on the show a thousand times, and I'm sure we're going to be covering it a thousand more, is this idea of imposter syndrome. You've never seen yourself as somebody who teaches other people to run these businesses. This has never been your plan. You just, you said it yourself in your letter. You had side income, you wanted side money, and suddenly out of nowhere with this one particular product, you just, it was like lightning, and you and it got along really well, and you took off, and you made a firestorm come your way. And then it's about how do you rein in the firestorm? I understand that you feel like you're an accidental success. I recognize that this feels wholly unfamiliar to you, but I want you to pay attention to a line in the letter that tells me you have been doing this for years. You did it with Tupperware. You did it with jewelry. You did it with kitchenware. You did it. You've done this before. This did not happen overnight. That's the thing you need to shift and change in the story about yourself. You have been building to this moment for a while now, and now you're arriving into it. And you get to decide how you're going to walk through the door and how you're going to show up. But change the story. This did not just happen to you overnight. The best way to argue back to imposter syndrome is with the evidence. If your brand spanking new at something and you've never done it before, of course you're going to feel like an imposter. Of course it's going to feel strange, like the clothes don't fit, the car doesn't work, all of those things. That is a natural reaction. But what you're talking about here is different. You are new to teaching other people how to do it. That is the only thing about this that's new. You're not new to these businesses. You're not new to the cold calling, to the selling, to the hosting of the parties, to the advertising, to the social media. The only thing about this that's new and unfamiliar is teaching other people. And I went to a college, I went to Wheelock College um, many, many years ago, um, and it only had three majors, social work, which was mine, um, education, and child life. So I'm friends with a lot of teachers, and I can tell you this thing about teaching, and it's not any different from coaching. The first year of teaching is miserable because you've never developed the curriculum. You don't have old lesson plans that you can lean on from last year. You have to build everything from scratch. And you're constantly wondering, is this the idea that's gonna get the kids' attention? Is this the thing that's gonna help kids understand and connect to the skill? Is this gonna be boring? Is this gonna be challenging? Is this, is this? All of those questions and doubts come with being a new teacher. And right now, you, are a new teacher. You don't have your curriculum worked out. You don't have the lesson plans drawn out. You don't have the plan. You don't have a lot of things. And then as a result, the natural consequence of being new to this is you have all of the feels that come with it. Those feels are not a reason not to do it. You have to understand them, plan for them, and then decide what you want to have happen next. 
because you now know enough and have experienced enough that you can make darn sure you're the driver in the car now going forward. That your next steps are yours. Your next turns come from your decisions and that you're charting the path and the course that take you to where you want to go. And if you don't want to go any bigger, that's fine. You can go back to selling your own wares, doing your own thing, and being a solo shop. And there is no shame in that. It was making you happy. It was working for you. But here's the thing I heard in the letter. I think you like this idea of being a mentor and teaching other people. You're just new at it. And you feel new at it. And it's making you doubt everything. So rather than telling yourself you've been riddled with anxiety ever since you became an entrepreneur, which is a really tough story to get out from under, I want you to think about something here. You are having a normal reaction to a new situation. It is normal to doubt yourself. It is normal to question yourself. It's normal to ask these questions. The bonus is that it's also really good to do these things as a business owner. And these questions mean you're operating your business like a boss. You're showing up for yourself. You're asking yourself, is this the best way to do this? Is there a better way? Is this effective? How could I do this better? All of that anxiety is energy. And you get to decide how you want to control that energy. You can keep it inside and you can keep letting it eat your insides out and, you know, give you an ulcer and keep you up at night and stop you from enjoying food. Or you can take that energy and you can do something awesome with it. And I'm really challenging you to go for awesome, to dream big, to see the brass ring, decide it can be yours and go for it. You have everything you need. You have the skill set. You have the experience. You have the ideas. You have a captive audience who are just waiting for you to press play. And I really hope you do. Good luck with that. And let us know how it turns out. And if you have a question that you want my two cents on in an upcoming episode, please do write to me. These questions are the absolute best. They start the most important conversations. And you can do that over at Heather at choose to have it all dot com. Thanks for joining me today. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.